Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast, Emergency Edition. The Oregon Ducks have gone out and landed yet again another big time program changing verbal commitment for the football team in the 2021 recruiting class. We're going to break it all down. Eric Scopel's on the show with me. I'm Matt Prame. But before we do, I want to remind Duck fans out there today you could subscribe to duckterritory.com for as low as $1. Uh, $9.95 there after that, or you could save over $36 over the course of the year by subscribing to an annual membership, $75.18 one-time payment. Both options, inside scoop on the Oregon Ducks, expert analysis and opinion. You get to read all the content across the entire 24-7 Sports Network. You also get CBS All Access, a streaming platform thrown on top of that membership for free. It's a $99 value Live TV, live sports, movies on demand, all of it commercial free with your membership to duckterritory.com. If you can't subscribe to the site, and that's the most impactful way to help support the podcast, there's two other ways you can do you can support the show. One, make sure to give us a review. That helps us if if you're looking to do something on the show and help us move forward. Give us a review. Second, make sure you go on iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts, whatever you use to listen to the show, and click the subscribe to podcast button. It's free, and it ensures you get notified every single time that we up when we upload a new show. And you have our full library, which is over 350 episodes currently. Eric, it's let's get to the news. Uh, this happened Tuesday afternoon. The Ducks have landed Dante Thornton. A six foot four and a half. I'm just gonna call him six foot five receiver from Mount St. Joseph High School in Baltimore, Maryland, a member of the 2021 recruiting class. He is the 51st best player in the country, regardless of position. He is the sixth best receiver in the country. He is the second best player in the state of Maryland, regardless of position. He committed to Oregon. Uh, over Arizona State, Florida State, Notre Dame, USC, and a handful of other big-time programs across the country. Those were his his primary focus, though, moving forward. Uh, this is a commitment we've been tracking, we've been waiting for, we've been waiting to see when it was going to go down. We've kind of expected it uh, for the last couple of months, if you will. But nonetheless, there's always a little bit of intrigue when you're recruiting a guy across the country if, is he actually going to fall through? Is he actually going to come and, and join uh, the Oregon football program? He has now announced that decision. This is a monumental get for the Oregon football program. I, I don't know how else to say it, but I, I agree, Matt. I mean, this is this is the big-time wide receiver, and this is the body type that, frankly, Oregon hasn't frequently had. Uh, you look at this year's roster, and they've got Devin Williams and Brian Addison. Those are two players who honestly have very similar frames to Thornton. Um, but Thornton comes in as a, as a third highest rated wide receiver recruit in program history behind Cal, uh, Cam Colvin and Troy Franklin also in this class. I mean, this class, and we'll talk about this in a second, this receiver class is just, it's pretty bonkers from an Oregon perspective. Very, very uncharacteristic. I shouldn't even say uncharacteristic. It's just unparalleled. Oregon's never had a recruiting class like this at this position group. Never had an offensive recruiting class quite like this with the, when you add a guy like Thornton and he's just the cherry on top. It was already going to be, you can use whatever adjectives and descriptors you wanted to use. It was already going to be the best. This was already going to be something special. You throw a guy like this in here and you're right that this was kind of one of those, I think I was talking to somebody over the weekend. This is kind of a, one of the worst kept secrets that everybody kind of knew Thornton was going to end up at Oregon. Um, it had been kind of in the works for months now, but 
boy, to get this to actually come together, Oregon now has, again, an incredible wealth of talent at receiver. And again, a player who is just different than what Oregon has traditionally had. I mean, he's going to come to Oregon and be a 6'5", 210, 220-pound guy when he fills all the way out. He's explosive and strong. We'll talk more on the film review in a second. But this is a player you have to be really, really excited about if you're an Oregon fan. If you've been sitting and watching the NFL and some of these SEC programs and ACC programs, you include Clemson the last handful of years, Thornton is that body type. And he comes from a region of the country that you would think would have him land in the ACC or the SEC. Instead, he comes all the way across the country, joins uh, Oregon's program, and a guy who I think you can almost – I mean, you can expect pretty immediate contributions from him. I wouldn't be surprised with Oregon losing a couple seniors this season to graduation to see a guy like Thornton in the starting lineup or one of the top three or four guys just immediately. Oregon's recruiting class in 2021 now holds 23 verbal commitments – Thornton is the third highest. The only two players ranked higher than him, five-star wide receiver Troy Franklin and four-star wide res- uh, four-star quarterback Ty Thompson. And honestly, I think had a normal high school season play out, you would think Ty Thompson, he's, he's getting to play right now. Um, his season started a little bit later than normal. Um, but I think if a normal offseason, normal regular season, I think Oregon has – one bonafide five-star in Troy Franklin, and then a Ty Thompson and a Dante Thornton, two guys who, in my opinion, I don't have a say in the rankings, but just based off of what we've heard from people that do within our company, what we've seen out of these guys on film, what we were seeing in, in, in summer workouts and whatnot, two guys in Ty Thompson, Dante Thornton, that could have played their way had they had best-case scenario senior seasons into be becoming a five-star rec- Recruit Ty Thompson is close. I I, I got to think him. Mean, he's crushing it right now in the state of Arizona. Dante Thornton though was that type of that was what the, one of the storylines was for him going into his senior year was is this a guy where if he elevates himself can he reach that five star status? Not saying it was going to happen, but nonetheless it was a discussion point. Um, Oregon's recruiting class, nonetheless, with Dante as a four star recruit, anticlimactic, but they've they've secured the number the best class in school history because of some some uh, ranking updates for some lower level players on on Oregon's commit list but now Dante Thornton in the mix squarely safely confirms Oregon now has the best class in its program history a, a current score of 285.1 that's the best Oregon has ever had in the 24/7 sports slash recruiting era. Um, they're currently third in the country, well above now uh, Clemson. They're about 11 points ahead of the Clemson Tigers. Um, they're about 25, 20 points below Ohio State and Alabama. Um, Bama's one, Ohio State's two. Uh, I think, Eric, this also basically ensures that as long as Oregon doesn't lose out on any player in this class for 2021, they're going to be top eight almost guaranteed. I just don't see. I was looking at this earlier today. Um, 285 points. The last couple of cycles, that's fourth. That's about fifth to seventh nationally, you know. And so I think you're right. I mean, it's gonna. Some of it will depend upon what happens around the country, what other additions are made for programs. You know, a program could just stock up on elite guys and and make a big jump. And Oregon could drop. And I think they are gonna drop eventually from three. I think that's realistic, and you should just be prepared for that. It doesn't have. It doesn't have anything to do with Oregon's guys 
being any lesser. It's just that other programs have a little bit more room available and have some big targets on the, out there. And Oregon, 23 commits, we'll talk about in a second, probably pretty close to being done in this class. So um, I don't expect Oregon to move up at all. But I, I think, yeah, I think worst case is probably, yeah, about eighth. I think best case, they could be even fifth or sixth, you know, depending upon how stuff kind of shakes out around them. There's still room for Oregon to add a couple more guys. And if they were to land a, a top 50, another top 50, top 100 recruit, and they're in on some of those guys, maybe Oregon even is a lock for a top five class or, very, or has a very, very good chance for something like that. Um, I, I just want to say for a second here, just to differentiate, I, I think, how about the fact that the last two re- recruiting cycles, 2019 and 2020, really talented classes, but the primary headliners in those classes were defensive players. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau, Mace Funa, a couple of those guys back in 2019. Last year, obviously, the three five stars with Flo, Sewell, and Manning. Well, you look at this year's class, and it's now five top 100 recruits all on the offensive side of the football. Two wide receivers, a quarterback, two offensive tackles, um, and Kingsley Sewell, Matia, and Bram Walden. I just think the, the depth here and the versatility of what Oregon is doing this cycle as opposed to the last couple of cycles needs to be acknowledged because – Again, this is this is the top recruiting class Oregon has ever had. It follows two consecutive classes that were, I believe, right there in the conversation as numbers two, three. I think 2020 might be below a 2012 or 13 class. I'd have to go back and look. Um, but it's certainly right in that discussion. It's one of the five best pro- classes in program history. But this class is comprised totally differently than the last couple, and they've really gone out now and had immense success on the offensive side of the football. Like I said, this is the fourth top 150 wide receiver edition in this class. Um, or is it the fifth? No, it's the fourth because the tight ends are included in the breakdown uh, I'm looking at. But still, I mean, just to have four guys of that caliber uh, is pretty remarkable. Should note that Dante Thornton now becomes the best recruit from the state of Maryland Oregon has ever landed. He actually joins Damon David, another member of this class, um, as the top two guys to ever commit to Oregon. I guess we should note um, a player from last year's class, Luke Hill, also from Maryland, didn't make it out here. You can or cannot inc- include him if you'd like. Um, but from guys that are actually going to end up playing at Oregon, and we think both of those two are very solid on their commitment and will be signing here in a couple months. This is unparalleled success in a corner of the country that really Oregon hadn't historically recruited hardly at all. Um, I know they had a Keith Sims, uh, a linebacker recruit. He didn't really pan out at Oregon. He was a, a, a low, a low four-star, high three-star guy six or seven years ago, five or six years ago. But the success, I think, has to be acknowledged um, in the East Coast, a part of the country Oregon just hasn't had a ton of success at, and frankly, is an area that clearly they can have some success at, and it'll be interesting to see in future classes how much they continue to look there. I was, goes right, that goes right into our next segment here, Eric, and uh, all-time significance of this verbal commitment. You kind of ran through some of it from the state of Maryland, but from the positional standpoint, you touched on they have four verbal commitments from four different receivers that are in the top 250. And where does where 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 does Dante Thornton land among all-time commitments at the receiver position? Because I gotta think he's probably two, maybe three. Yeah, he's number three. He's behind Cam Colvin and Troy Franklin, a couple of five stars. Um, and again, if you want to just look through the other members of this class, obviously I just said Franklin as a receiver, um, the number two rated re- receiver in program history, just behind Cam Colvin um, in, in that regard. 
But the, the rest of these guys in this class, like Kyron Ware Hudson is the 45th best recruit, regardless of position in program history. Um, Isaiah Brevard, the other member here, 56th rated player, regardless of position. In terms of wide receivers, let me just do the math really quickly here. Yeah, it, it's, 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 I think it's, I think it's three of the top, four of the top nine recruits or four of the top 10 recruits at wide receiver. Did you, did you, I think that's what it is, um, or at, at, in this class. It, it's pretty ridiculous of how just loaded this receiving core is. And honestly, Eric, like you've watched the film, you've done a film breakdown, which you can read and uh, watch on duckterritory.com. But I look at Thornton and, and think, he has a chance of being the best receiver that Oregon signs in this class ahead of five-star Troy Franklin. I mean, I think his film was that impressive. Uh, what did you see? Uh, I mean, the upside's through the stratosphere here. Like you said earlier, um, somebody that in theory is a five-star caliber recruit, a body type that you flip on the games in the NFL and you see basically all of the guys look something like this. Long, lean limbs. He's a track guy too. Uh, I think a, a, almost a sub-1100 meters. 11-1 was what I was seeing earlier. Um, borderline four 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 five speed at that size. He's somebody that's going to be both a potential difference maker, you know, sh in short yardage situations, but also down the field and also around the red zone. I think the versatility is very exciting when you get a guy who's 6'5", 185. I think clearly he probably needs to fill out a little bit, um, you know, add 10, 15, 20 pounds of weight, which you'll see happening. I think, you know, this is a high school recruit here, but it's going to be interesting to see what he is when he gets to Oregon. I, I really think he has a chance to be really special. Like I, and I think that's the case for all of these receivers in this class. A, and again, a really good blend of different type of players. Franklin is that explosive um, open field guy who's 6'2", who can really run. You get him the ball in space and it's going to be over. Kyron Ware Hudson is a bully at 6'2", you know, probably going to play like at 215, 220, really well put together. And Isaiah Brevard is kind of a combination maybe of um, – Kyron Ware Hudson and Dante Thornton in terms of the size and then playing style of just being somebody who can go get that ball around the red zone, you know, the jump ball situations, make the plays in the air. So I, I you have to be ecstatic about this group. Um, you know, or Oregon, I, I really think this, this group here and a Ty Thompson, um, this is how you build these elite offenses. And this is where you see Clemson with a Trevor Lawrence and a bunch of these elite receivers or Joe Burrow last year with all these receivers that are now in the NFL. Oregon is positioning themselves with Ty Thompson in this class and four elite level wide receivers, I think to really have an exciting pass offense. And I know we haven't seen Joe Moorhead's offense fully or really at all yet at Oregon, but boy, it's going to be fun to see these weapons with him um, at the helm, just kind of orchestrating all of this. I think the future is very, very bright at this position group. You, you touched on it briefly. Um, there's a couple guys on the roster right now that will, will graduate. That's Johnny Johnson, Jalen Red, two seniors, the receiver position. They're going into a, a position group, I think, where two potential starters will be gone. And I realize that Dante Thornton is six foot five, and Johnny Johnson and Jalen Red are, are six foot, sub six foot. Um, Jalen plays in the slot, uh, Johnny plays kind of all over the field. Um, nonetheless, though, I think there's a huge opportunity for this entire group, but in, in particular, let's focus on Dante Thornton. I, Eric, I think he is a guy where seeing as it, it you don't want to overreact, but as of now, right now, one and a half weeks in, through fall camp, 
I think Dante Thornton will show up on campus and as a true freshman and really make a case for him being a potential starter. I'm not saying he's going to automatically start right day one, but it wouldn't surprise me at some point through his freshman year, he moves into that lineup. It's pretty crazy to think about that when you consider what Oregon brings back. You mentioned a couple of the guys that they lose, but Michael Pittman will be back. Um, we spoke earlier, I guess it would, it, the podcast went out today, um, so you might have just listened to this, but Devin Williams maybe hasn't had a great camp, but his talent and skill set is similar to Dante Thornton, and that's an immensely talented player that Thornton will have to deal with. Same thing with Brian Addison and a couple of these younger receivers. Um, Chris Hudson's a guy who's just turned heads all camp, and yet I don't disagree. I mean, I think Oregon's going to bring back four to five really talented receivers next year, and they're going to bring in four more, and Thornton is certainly – is he the most ready of the group? He might be just because of the physical advantages he has. I know Troy Franklin has the higher star ranking, and I'm, I'm, frankly, I have a hard time saying anything remotely negative about Troy Franklin because I think the guy's going to be a stud and, and, a, and a superstar at Oregon, frankly. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if Thornton is somebody that starts immediately next year and pretty quickly can become a favorite target to whoever is as that quarterback. We think it'll be Shuck again, but you just don't know. And I, I don't know. I'm curious for you, Matt. You look at this group. Like, are we going to be talking about receiver in a year or two as like the strength of this team? Because I mean, just think about where it was in 2018, where it was basically, I mean, let's just be honest. It was, if you threw the ball to Dylan Mitchell, you felt pretty good. And if you threw it to anybody else, you were basically cringing. You could be looking here in 2021, you know, three or four years later and be like, this is legitimately the best position group on the entire roster. Yeah. You look at who they have on, I think on paper, they're, it's going to be near that this distinction. Um, maybe the secondary, um, yeah. maybe the offensive line, uh, and and maybe the quarterback room. Considering Shaq will, will probably return, um, we know so much of you know how regarded you know Robbie Ashford and Butterfield were as as freshmen um, coming into this program, and now Ty Thompson. But you're right, uh, the receiver room. It, at least I'll, I'll say this in the over. 10-plus years I've covered this football team. I can't recall on-paper talent having this much of it uh, going into the 2021 football season because you've got Devin Williams and, and Addison who are both four-star high-caliber recruits. Micah Pittman was a four-star high-caliber high recruit. You're adding four more top 250 four-star recruits into the, into the depth chart. Uh, Lance Wilhoyt was a four-star recruit. Um, you also have J.R. Waters, who was a prolific three-star recruit out of Southern California. Uh, Josh Delgado was a three-star. Chris Hudson was a four-star. Isaiah Crocker was a four-star. So you look at this unit and think talent is not going to be the issue. If this group doesn't perform well, something else will will, will will be the issue. They have the talent to be one of the best receiving cores in the Pac-12, maybe the country going into the 2021 season. Now it's up to them to go out and prove it. And a big part of that feeling is because of the decision to, to, to get uh, Dante Thornton. It's a, I look at it as it's a, it's a cherry on the top, huge verbal commitment for the program, and one in which will only elevate the standard at the receiver position moving forward. They're done at receiver, right? I mean, there's no way they add anyone else. Pardon? I said, you think Oregon's done at receiver this class? There's no oh, way. Oh yeah, like, there's I, no way they're adding anyone else, right? I mean, there's <laughs> nowhere. There's nowhere. 
there's no one else out there that they can really go out and, and land. I think that that justifies you know using the limited scholarship they have. They've got like two more spots left. They've got 23 verbal commitments. I mean, it, it was already going to take a lot of effort to get to 24, 25. Uh, going beyond that's going to be even more difficult. I mean, maybe some 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 transfers happen, and, and maybe some guys you know, decide not to come in, t- in terms of this class and that opens up a spot for another one. But looking at who's available at the receiver position, looking at who they've got in this posi- in this class already, there's no way that they add another guy unless some five-star recruit says, hey, I want to come too, which just frankly, you don't bank on, you don't count on happening. They're done for this class at receiver. And the great thing is, is it's late October, mid-October. Yeah, You've now got three or four months to focus early attention on that 2022 class and get yourself in a position to be in a real prime spot with a lot of these 2022 recruits. While most of the PAC 12 is, is, is focused on finishing out their 2021 class. Yeah, it's a huge advantage. And again, one of those things that we've kind of been mentioning and talking about for a while because Oregon it's had a huge slew of success. I mean, and, and it, again, it makes it impressive because it's basically started with Ty Thompson um, right around the COVID shutdown. But they did so much of this work during these last few, these last six or so months that um, you're right. Like, what, what really, what left is there for Oregon to do in 2021? I mean, they have what? What do you think, Matt? At one or two spots, and the guys are after at this point are some of the very, very best players in the country. And it's, I think, it's a thing of like. You, you save a scholarship or two in case you get a JT to Malau or a Bryce Foster or a C.A.R. Wright to end up picking Oregon. Those are all elite level. I mean, JT's the number two rated player in the country. The other guys are uh, top 100, top 120 recruits. Uh, you, that's kind of where you're at. And that's a, that's a byproduct. And uh, that's a reward for how much success they got done early this cycle. Um, and let's just put it that way. Like Oregon, they kicked butt this entire cycle. They got the guys they wanted. Mario said, I think it was back before all of this. It must have been in early March or February that like they expected this to be the best class or one of the best classes. And they were going to go big fish um, or, you know, big, big, big buck hunting or whatever it was. He said they've succeeded. They've done that. And now because of that, they can start looking at 2022 and getting a jump start there where we should start. We should know they've already have a nice little start with a couple of verbal equipments already. Oregon, 23 verbal commitments in this class. They've only got one or two spots left. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Like Eric mentioned, they're only going after the best of the best now in this recruiting class. Best class in program history. So anything they, they add to this class will only make it even better. Uh, amazing things going on for the Oregon football program on the recruiting trail. And we've got it all covered on duckterritory.com. So for more on this massive verbal commitment, go to duckterritory.com. Read our stuff. We've got a ton of VIP member uh, membership content up on the site. We've got some free stuff up on the site as well. If you're looking to subscribe and support the podcast, do so today. You can get your first month for $1, $9.95 there after that. Or you could subscribe for an annual membership. Save over $36 compared to the month-to-month membership. If you can't subscribe, that's totally fine. You can you can support the show in other ways. One, uh, make sure to give us a review. That helps us tremendously. Uh, if you do subscribe and you haven't given given us a review, do that as well. That that it helps us. Uh, and second, whatever device you use, whatever platform you use to listen to uh, these podcasts, make sure you click that 
like and subscribe button. It's free and it makes sure your device has all our latest, freshest updates. Uh, you get all our podcasts sent directly to you and you have the full collection of our library, which is over 350 episodes. We just finished a series of pre positional previews going into the 2020 football season. I got a, a bunch of good feedback on that as well. So check out duckterritory.com for more on this Dante Thornton verbal commitment. For Eric Scopel, I'm Matt Prem. You've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks.